This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. Healthcare is complicated, but you don't have to navigate the complexities alone. Care Allies collaborates with physician organizations to solve some of the toughest challenges on the path to value-based care. As your organization works to effectively manage your more vulnerable patient populations, enhance outcomes, and improve data analytics, Care Allies brings the people, technology, and processes to support you so you can focus on practicing medicine. Visit careallies.com to see how they can help to radically simplify value-based care. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Today, we welcome Henna Pryor to the show. Henna has her MSA and her PCC and a couple of other things about her. She is a workplace performance expert, a keynote speaker, and a professional executive coach. Henna's here to talk about uh, a topic I'm too familiar with, how awkwardness, at least the awkwardness part, how awkwardness can be your greatest asset for taking more professional risks. Henna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this MGMA circle once again. So thank you. Yeah, you you had me at awkwardness. So um, <laughs> what do we mean by that? What is, because I feel awkward uh, less now than I did in my 20s and 30s, but um I've certainly felt that. I bet a lot of our listeners have felt that awkwardness at times. But what do you mean by awkwardness in this context? Yeah, I, I can tell you definitively, Daniel, that you have felt it. I have felt it. Everyone has felt it. So, you know, when we dig into the research on awkwardness, before I give you a definition, I'll just start with right. no one is exempt, right? No one, no one with a fully functioning neurotypical brain is exempt from the emotional state of awkwardness. It is a very universal feeling. And so when I talk about this in the context of our professional lives, you know, a quick definition, my definition of mm -hmm. awkward is when we feel a gap between the person that we believe ourselves to be our true selves and the person that they other people in that moment see on display. Mm -hmm. When there's a gap between those two selves we experience the emotion of awkwardness. And so the word awkward, people tend to use it two ways, either as an emotional state, you know, I feel awkward, that conversation was awkward, this, you know, the, the, the kind of transient state of awkwardness. And then there are other people who describe themselves as awkward as a personality trait, right? Okay. I am awkward. I am socially oh. awkward. I'm okay. professionally awkward. Um, Either of the definitions, though, whether it's a state or a trait, really speaks to those kind of the gap between the two selves when we experience those moments of this is who I think I am, and mm -hmm. this is what other people see. That's when we feel that emotion most acutely. Well, 
Let me follow up with that then, because you speak publicly. I do a lot of podcasts and other presentations as well. You may have heard this before. I've heard people tell me, wow, you seem so cool and calm and collected up there. And I'm going, I wish you'd, I'm glad you don't see the inner me right now because I don't necessarily always feel that way. So where is that gap as well? Where we're projecting cool, calm, collected maybe, um, but not feeling it interior or at least we're getting that adrenaline going so we can then do the job we need to do. Yeah, I I love that you already kind of, latched on to that little bit of insight. And that's sort of what the book is the deep dive Mm -hmm. about, which is even the most cool, calm, collected people are not immune from the emotion Mm -hmm. of awkwardness. They have not learned how to eliminate the emotion of awkwardness. And the reason that you can't is because there's really two situations in which you feel it. There's life's unplanned moments, Mm -hmm. which good, good luck trying to, you know, plan to eliminate it for that. If you trip over your own two feet, walking on the sidewalk and a group of people see you, you know, natural human reaction because of our wiring for social belonging is to feel a little Mm -hmm. flush of, oh boy, everybody just saw that. I thought I was this person who could walk in a straight line. And in this moment, they see someone who cannot. The other side of the equation, which you're sort of alluding to is when we feel awkward in life's planned moments when we're putting ourselves out there in hopes to come across a certain way and it either doesn't go as planned or we're just still wrestling with that gap of who we want other people to see versus who we see. And so what you've described is something I see over and over and sort of the thesis of the book, which is the goal is not to eliminate the feelings of awkwardness. The goal is learning how to embrace them, learning how to live with them and to make them work for you. And you are successful doing what you do because you found a way to embrace them and make them work for you versus paralyzing you from doing the things that you'd like to do. Okay. You've mentioned the book a couple of times. Give us the title and where someone could find it. I I didn't even, that was off my radar. So I want to latch onto that as well. No, absolutely. The book is called Good Awkward. And the subtitle is How to Embrace the Embarrassing and Celebrate the Cringe to Become the Bravest You. And so that's available for pre-order on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. But if anybody is interested in the deeper dive, that is definitely the place to do it. And it's real fun because it's an emotion that's been unexplored. You know, this is not something about getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. This is not something about just playing at your growth edge. This is an emotion that holds a lot of people back. And it's an interesting dive into why that happens, how we change our insight, and then what we do about it. Okay. So does anybody see you at an airport or somewhere and go, oh my God, there's the awkward lady or the awkward <laughs> the person. <laughs> In- increasingly so. Yeah. My first TEDx was on this as well. So increasingly right. I'm getting that, oh, you're the one who made me feel better about my awkwardness. And it's like, <laughs> that's, that's my hallmark in the world. Then I will take it happily because I, I've always identified that way too. You know, any okay. confidence that people see from me on a stage or hear from me, I'll be honest, Daniel, it still makes me laugh because I okay. have been awkward my whole life. Firstborn child of immigrants whose eyebrows connected, whose food in her lunchbox didn't smell like everybody else's, who never quite wore the right clothes, who didn't feel like anyone approved, who desperately wanted to fit in. You know, awkwardness is my life story. And it Mm -hmm. was never within my reach to feel like I was going to grab for that cool, calm, flawless, smooth confidence that I saw in celebrities or leaders that I admired that version just didn't seem within reach. And so part of my interest in deep diving into awkwardness was that version's not ever available to me. I know Mm -hmm. that for sure. 
how do I reach for a version that feels more accessible? And the more I talk to people, I realize there's a world of people who that version of confidence isn't available then, to them either. How do they mm -hmm. find one that feels a little more in line with who they are and how they feel? Okay. Now, I know you've steeped this in research uh, mm -hmm. and it's evidence-based, science-based. So yeah. the question is, where do we draw the line between just feeling awkward and where mm -hmm. it could be a mental health or behavioral health issue sure. related to anxiety or other things where... You, you know, you're following your tools, but then you go, this may be more serious. And I might actually need to at least talk with someone or, yeah. you know, access human resources or anything else out there. 100%. Great question. And, you know, there is a line between awkwardness and social anxiety, diagnosed mm -hmm. social anxiety. You know, my non-clinical, you know, I'm an executive coach trained, not right. clinical therapist trained. My non-clinical opinion on this is, you know, Awkwardness is natural and normal when we feel it and it, you know, maybe gives us pause or we feel it and it motivates us to think about the situation a little bit longer. Those are all healthy reactions to a very human experience of social belonging and wanting to fit in and wanting to cooperate. It's when wanting to move to action is in a continuous pattern, you know, Make, it's making us freeze. The awkwardness of it is making us freeze regularly over and over to the point where forward motion essentially stalls because that awkwardness or eventually that anxiety stops us from being able to move to action. If there's a repeated pattern of that, that's where I would say henna's jurisdiction ends. You know, that's where a, th right. a therapist or a clinician will be better be able to identify some of the deeper root causes for that anxiety. Okay. Now you have not just presented on uh, awkwardness, but really the, the theme, if I'm getting it right, is mm -hmm. in a way making awkwardness a superpower for you. You're <laughs> tapping into that and being able to take risks in life, in the business world, what have you. So tell us about that. Oftentimes there has been this narrative, especially in the last decade, about be more authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Take more professional risks at work. And every single person I talk to loves that idea. Sounds great. Let's do it. And I, what I get frustrated by, and I can see that my clients get frustrated by too, is, you know, you can say that over and over, but if there is a massive boulder in the way to that success or that achievement, if there's an obstacle to that and we're not addressing the obstacle, then it actually adds a layer of guilt or shame mm -hmm. to people of, oh, I want to be authentic. I don't even know how to be authentic. I want to take more professional risks. Why can't I just do it? Everybody tells me I should. And so what I started to observe was not only was that stuff difficult to do for some people, but then they were adding a layer of shame of guilt. You know, why am I not doing these things? To me, zooming out or backing up a little bit to say, what is the obstacle in the way? And one of the main obstacles I identified to authenticity, to risk-taking, or even true vulnerability one of the obstacles to that was the inability to stay in the awkwardness a little bit longer or to mm -hmm. get friendly with it or to understand it. And so the role that this knowledge, this understanding plays is, hey, if you've got those aspirations, those goals, you want to take more risks at work, you want to be able to say the hard thing, you want to zig when somebody else is zagging, we can give you all the advice in the world about how to do that. But if there's a couple major mental blocks that have never been sorted or addressed, it will never feel good ever. Okay. So I really like to spend time addressing those first. And that's what we set out to do. 
Okay. Well, let's follow up with that then. Why is it difficult? <laughs> Why do people have difficulty and organizations have difficulty in taking risks in their lives? And help us on, give us an example of a risk that someone could have an impediment in taking and then, and then going ahead, taking that leap and taking that risk. Sure. Uh, I'll give you actually, so I'll give you an example of what could have been a risk that failed, that could have failed spectacularly, but ended up working out, right? So mm -hmm. uh, this is a true story. My my girlfriend, Melissa Jordan, she is a, a very high up in marketing. In March, she applied for a job that she sort of perceived to be a dream job. It was a little bit outside of her experience level. It was a reach, but she applied for it. At the time, she had had some turnover on her team. She put it on ice. She said, you know what? I'm not even going to pursue it. I'm going to stay. They reached back out to her in July about an even bigger role, a VP level role. And she said, every part of me was thinking that is, that is setting myself up to fall spectacularly on my face, to even put mm -hmm. myself in contention for this. I don't have the skills. I am not qualified. But she shared with me that just the day before she had seen one of my posts about embracing the awkward as a means of risk taking. So she said, Hannah, you know what? I took that with me. I took the interview. I went into the interview, you know, didn't have half the skills they were looking for. But she said in the section where they asked me to describe myself, sort of the about mm -hmm. me, I brought the absolute worst, most ridiculous, awkward childhood picture of myself that I could find. And she said there was 50-50 chance they were going to think I was insane and wasn't taking this seriously. Or, and this is what she did. She said, I'm sharing this with you because I can say with certainty that if I can show you this picture, that any risk I take on the marketing team is one that I'm willing to take, right? I'm willing <laughs> to shoot my shot. I'm not willing to play small in order to avoid looking foolish because look, this is as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. She got the job, right? <laughs> she got the job. She is now VP of marketing at Sprout Social. And so that's a risk that could have gone either way. It could have blown up spectacularly in her face. She felt extremely awkward about trying it, about doing it. It could have been embarrassing. It could have made the whole room cringe, but her willingness to shoot her shot and stay there actually is what got her the job. She won it over more qualified candidates because of that mm -hmm. willingness to put herself out there in that way. So it works if you try it, you know, try it every now and then. Okay. How then do you change your mindset? So you become a risk taker, so to speak, if we're, I'm mm -hmm. using the language that I saw that you were using. I'm not yeah. sure if that's even the right way to say it, but being willing to, you know, stand up, stand out, take a risk, yeah. apply for that job, uh, defend your proposal, whatever it might be, as, as opposed to just fold or never even get up to the plate, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a two pronged process in order to get there. So risk-taking is absolutely the goal. You know, the subtitle is to become the bravest you. So whether that's micro risks, you know, being able to raise your hand in a meeting when you're really mm -hmm. unsure how this comment's going to land, but being able to do it anyway, or it's a big risk, right? Going for the big job, saying the thing that's really hard, speaking up for the underrepresented person in the room, not sure if how that's going to go, right? It, it kind of doesn't matter the size of the risk, but it's, it's two-pronged. The first, you touched on it earlier, which is creating the space to have some significant mindset shifts. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in the first few chapters of the book, we, we go through some of these ideas, these mental blocks that people hold, you know, awkwardness is only for the emotionally weak and insecure. Awkwardness is only for people who are fragile, right. And unable to handle life's tough moments, right. There are some mental myths and blocks 
that a lot of people hold around this word, around this emotion. When they feel this way, I must not be competent enough. I must be inept. I must not be worthy of this room, right? So it's really spending time examining a series of mental blocks. So that mindset shift, that awareness, those insights, that's part one. Part two is conditioning for awkward. And I am very hell-bent on this. And the data <laughs> is very clear following the worst of the pandemic. Social muscle can mm -hmm. atrophy the same way physical muscles do. So if you went to the gym for a year straight and then you didn't go for a year, right. that's going to suck when you go back. <laughs> In the pandemic, yeah. a lot of us, even those of us who would never have identified as awkward, our social skills by requisite, we had to, they started to atrophy. We got out of practice. And so what we needed to do as a collective, as a human, you know, as a universe, because we all experience this is regain our footing, rebuild our social muscle. Now, if some people were starting from a higher plane, they don't struggle as much with this. Others are starting from a different starting point. But for all of us, the opportunity is mental muscle requires conditioning the same way physical muscle does. And so are we building in practices to condition for awkward, you know, at work that could be role-playing that could be bad idea brainstorms at the top of the meeting. It could be, you know, speaking up in smaller stakes moments so that you feel a little more equipped to do it in a bigger stakes moment, but without the conditioning, much like you wouldn't pick up a 400 pound barbell, you're not going to do what you need to do in the moment where it counts. The awkwardness is going to stop you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a few more questions then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you've conditioned yourself, you've built up those social muscles, et cetera. Um, mm. You're taking risks. Where, where does risk cross the line where you just become captain of chaos? And you're just <laughs> yeah. taking every risk and, you know, yeah. maybe not even following through. You're just, oh, I'll, I'll apply for that job and I'll do this and I'll do that. And then maybe you've even lost focus. So we want to have if I can say this, uh, focused, yes. awkward risk-taking, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to just, I'm just tilting at windmills and throwing stuff out there that may not even connect with who I am as a person. So where do 100%. you- 100%. Yeah. yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, I am not here to suggest that we throw ourselves into the you know, sharks of swirling awkwardness willy-nilly, right? This is ultimately awkwardness is an emotion of discomfort. It's not something people crave the feeling of. What I'd love for people to get better at is embracing it, befriending it, getting used to it. But ultimately, it is a it's an uncomfortable emotion, and it's really no way to shake that. What we're not trying to create is an avoidance. What we're trying to work on is a comeback rate, right? The comeback rate. So to answer your question, one of the things that I teach when we get deeper into it is around directionality, exactly what you've described. So there's a, a visual I use called the cringe chasm. You know, we need to cross the cringe chasm. The cringe chasm is directional. There's no, you know, we're not talking about a 360 degree cringe chasm here and where it's worth the jump, where it's worth embracing the awkwardness needs to be aligned with your values. That's when it's worth putting yourselves in the planned moments where awkwardness is likely to occur, where it's going to be invited. And, you know, people in the professional development spheres talk about values a lot. I'll be honest with you. When people have those conversations, I tend to start yawning and zone out because I'm like, oh God, here we go. Another question about values. Here we go again. Right. I actually have some exercises that 
I think are much more useful as it relates to values. You know, a lot of times people will give you a list of values and say, which ones resonate with you? And then we go shopping, right? And we're like, oh, mm -hmm. achievement, that doesn't sound great. Let me see what, what sounds better than that, right? So I actually have some preferred exercises that help naturally bubble up our values. You know, I do things like career highlights exercises, but what those are good to do is if you can get really clear in a more robust, meaningful way about what drives you, what motivates you, then you have directionality over this is what's worth me taking the risk, putting myself in an awkward situation for, because it's moving me. It's a compass of, Hey, I'm trying to head that way right? None of life is going to be a map. We can't map out life's awkward moments. It's impossible. But if you at least have a general sense of direction, the compass is pointing this way of these are the things that I value. This is what I want to move towards. Then that kind of gives you some guidance about what's worth jumping the cringe chasm for. Not everything okay. is worth it. I love these catchphrases. Do you have cringe chasm <laughs> trademarked? Is that a I, I don't. I should. <laughs> yeah, it's in the book and it's in the TEDx, but no, I should see if I could trademark it. But it's just my little, my fun way of describing that moment. You know, I mentioned the gap right. between your two selves. It's yeah. that moment where you're standing at the edge going, I'm here, but I want to be there. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of me getting over there is just being willing to feel awkward for a short time, but not a long time okay. to get over there. And that's how we get to the improvement side of things. Okay. Where you've talked about a lot of different tools and resources, where can people go if they want to learn more about that, either to your website or other yeah. resources out there, where can they learn more? Yeah, absolutely. As it relates to this topic, uh, there's a TEDx that's you know publicly available for folks to get a little bit of a different you know deep dive into it. In addition to what they watch on this replay and the book, the book you know I, I feel really proud of it. It's available for pre-order, but more than just being full of those you know kind of mindset shifts that I mentioned, which is part one. Part two is really action. What are some things mm -hmm. you can do on your home with your teams? If you lead a team and you've got people working with you, how do you create an environment where not only is it encouraged to do that, but it feels psychologically safe to do that? If you want your team members to innovate, to take chances, to speak up, to not hide mistakes, we need to create a culture where awkwardness is celebrated and also just understand and own that not one of us after the last few years we've had is any longer exempt from this. Mm -hmm. We all had a little bit of a, a social muscle atrophy hiccup, you know, and yeah. I think it's important and it's an opportunity to be intentional about not only how do we recover from this, but how do we become stronger for it? And so I hope this gives people some tools for how to do that. Okay. If they want to seek out that TEDx talk, um, is there a keyword? What, what should they do yeah. to, to find it? They honestly can just go to TED.com and look for Hannah Pryor. They can go to okay. TED.com and look for awkwardness. I'm pretty sure I'm one of very few, but yeah, if they just go to Ted, Ted.com, put in Hannah Pryor, actually both of my TEDx's are there. The second one just posted as well. And uh, always happy to answer any questions. If anyone wants to shoot me a note on LinkedIn or link up, I'm always happy to explore personal situations as needed and see how I can help. Okay. Well, Hannah, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course. I hope everyone enjoys the, the digital sessions and uh, best of luck with the rest of the conference. Enjoy everyone. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Insights Podcast. Thanks again to Henna Pryor. She's a workplace performance expert, a keynote speaker, a professional executive coach at Priority Group. And you can hear Henna speak at MGMA's Summit Digital Conference. That's going to be Wednesday, June 7th at noon Eastern time. You can go to mgma.com slash events to learn more and to register today. 
Thanks for listening to the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.